Hey, Real Nerds. There's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at Real Nerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6NERDS5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at Real Nerds. And now on with the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can talk to film. I'm sorry. Take it outside. Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd will come out of the gods. Let's action. This is Real Nerds Podcast. We will be at Denver Fan Expo June 30th through July 2nd. And this year, there is so many things happening. Star Trek, the cast of Scream, Sam Raimi will be there. And a whole bunch of other things. And you're going to talk to every one of them. Fucking A. <laughs> you're going to get them on this show, and they can't say no. Did you uh, did you send in our plan for the hundred by hundred foot space? Uh, I did set it off just today. Nice hundred by hundred, right? Yeah, like I know there's two other cons going on along with Denver <laughs> or Fan Expo this year, but uh, we've got our own floor, so it's good. Sweet, it's cool. yeah. <laughs> so uh, look for us there. I already got uh, this year. I got friends that um, want to come, so. Oh my! Uh, yeah, my friend Brittany says, "Is there a way you can get me in?" She spent the two hundred eighty-five dollars to get her picture with the cast of Scream. <laughs> so I know I said, "Sure, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll get you in, so you don't have to pay the ninety-dollar ticket too." <laughs> so. uh, I mean, I only asked for four passes, and you know, fingers crossed, we get all four. So, well, it's fine. You know, once we're at the booth, I mean, <laughs> we'll be able to trade them out. Sure. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, if it's like last year, it's only going to be you and I there. So we'll always have two passes every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I think Zach plans to go and uh, Russell's coming in from out of town. So nice. I was kind of, kind of open to share some with him. Sure. I mean, we'll, we'll figure it out. We always do. We always do. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, the only one I said is because she spent that much money to get her picture with the cast of Scream. I feel like they can afford to spend money on the ticket, too, at that price. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's her favorite movie of all time. Hmm. And um, yeah, and I, I, I kind of owe her anyways, because not only did she get me a Sarah Michelle Gellar signed picture, um, but Tomorrow, she's bringing in a John Carpenter signed Halloween poster for me. So, he's bribing yeah. you left and right. Wow. I know. And she's a cool chick. Just saying. Anywho, so you'll see us at Denver Fan Expo. Um, and uh, if you're friends of ours, looks like our tickets are already spoken for. So, good luck. Yeah. Don't hit us up. <laughs> yeah. 
we're because we're we're swamped with requests, which is weird because you know there. Remember a couple years when we just always had extras and no one used them, and now we're so popular, we just can't. We we got to shut that stuff down ahead of I time. Know, we we got to look ahead and plan and you know it's what it, we do. It was uh, fun having our booth being the de facto locker for everybody to store their stuff while they hung out the con. Yeah, you, you know, we haven't, we didn't get, it wasn't too bad last year. I don't remember. Well, yeah, you know, last year is kind of like the full, like the fully back thing. And so I don't think like every, like attendance wasn't fully back either. So a lot of our longtime fans weren't there yet. True. And actually, I will say that um this year the celebrity guests are kind of out of control like i mean not in a bad way i mean like in a good way again still a few months away i expect 50 percent of those to drop off a week before the con (laughs) i'm sure they will but my only one i want sam raimi baby i looked his autograph is 85 dollars. so they promise now but then you know come june they get hired for whatever summer thing they're filming and they're out of there yep We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Hopefully, they'll all be there. But on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie, and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw Shazam! And the Fury of the Gods. Stay tuned, because we'll tell you if we recommend the film or not, play the trailer. And usually, we do news and what we've been watching, but I have something different planned this week, and Brad, I'm not going to tell you until we get there. So, um, rude. It's my show. I do what I want. (laughs) Yes, you do. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Not even going to fight it. You shouldn't because you don't have a choice. Just buckle up and enjoy the ride. Uh, Yeah. The effort is is too much for me right now. (laughs) (laughs) You still sound sick. That's because I had COVID. Oh. (laughs) Well, technically still do because I still haven't tested negative yet, but... Um, I'm better than I was last week. Damn. Finally got it. <laughs> yeah, last week's Doing episode, you can hear us talking about me being sick and getting, having gotten over it and then, uh, gotten sick again. And now I'm back. I am. <laughs> it was COVID. <laughs> Damn, that sucks. Yep. I have, uh, joined the other peasants in their filthy COVID <laughs> underworld. I don't know if you know this, but Highlands Ranch is a disgusting community. Just <laughs> is it? <laughs> a bunch of selfish disease spreaders, and uh, <laughs> yeah, don't don't ever come to Highlands Ranch. It sucks. Done. I mean, I was at IKEA, so that kind of counts today. So yeah, it's more a lone tree, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's bordering. It's bordering. Yeah, no, I think I actually got it at a uh, this corporate gig that I uh, got hired to do. Um, I like I took two lifts, two different lift rides to get to the venue, um, mm. to avoid the St. Patrick's Day parade, and uh, so it was either, yeah, it's either one of those rides or um, just the uh, well, unfortunately, I think it, no matter what you do, you might you're gonna catch it at some point. Yeah, I figured eventually but, I was going to, but of all the weeks, <laughs> I needed to actually uh, make a lot of money, and I could have gotten ahead on my bills. It had to be this week. That sucks. So, I've lost but, seven or eight days worth of work. But at least you're vaccinated and it wasn't as bad as it could have been, right? <laughs> totally. Like it felt like it only felt like one of my worst sinus uh infections. Oh, that's good. Um 
And I only made things worse when I like a uh, saline flushed my sinuses mm. four times in the same night. So the next morning I woke up and it was like, um, you know, it sound, uh, like the icebergs crackling makes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what my inside of my face sounded like. It was so dry. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Gross. It's not fun. <laughs> so don't go, don't go to extremes to heal yourself too fast. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I I came back to work. Uh, I had it in July of 2020, so really early, and um, I just had a really bad fever. You know, I never really had trouble breathing or a cough or sinuses like you, but my fever was really bad for like ten days. Ten then, days? Wow. Yeah. Then my my doctor said if I don't have any a fever for three days, and I can go back to work. Um. So. The first three days, I just suffered. And then I was like, man, maybe I should go get this checked out. And then when he said I had it, so I really just missed like six days of work. And then I had three days of no symptoms. And when I was at work, I was um, on this call. And I remember I was looking in this car. And I just got hit with this like wave of I'm too tired to do anything. And everything hurts. And... <laughs> I think I came back too soon. <laughs> it was a struggle to get through a whole shift. Um, but yes. then it took me like another week and I was good. So yeah, you're pre vaccine. So yeah, you got the oh, yeah. full effect of it. But yeah, like I never felt like I was, uh, ever had a fever. I, I did because we eventually took my temperature and I was like, Oh, it is high. Like <laughs> I did not feel this at all. Um, yeah, but that was like Thursday. So I quickly got over it and it's like been, off and on like random sweats um yeah which are kind of gross that's trying to get you know out of your body um yeah but like i I think i told you a couple weeks ago i since i got the vaccine and all the boosters i haven't been sick since i got a little sick a couple weeks ago but uh nothing like you know an actual super sick if that makes any sense but that was the first time in almost three years. <laughs> I, I honestly think it's because I got, you know, the vaccine, the three boosters and a flu shot every year. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like, and because I got it without the vaccine COVID, I think when I did get the vaccine, it's my, you know, immune system was already in like hyperdrive. So, I mean, I'm not a doctor or anything, but I think that's what happened. Yeah, your wife is though, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, she she didn't care. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's the first time in our marriage because I remember I was in our guest bedroom. Obviously, I didn't want to get my kid or my wife COVID, and I remember I'd be like, not sleeping, but I'd be laying down because I just had a bad fever. I mean, I'm I think I read no joke probably 200 comics while I was sick. Wow, but. Yeah, I, but I would, I was just like laying there and I see out of the corner of my eye, she would just be staring at me. And I say, what are you doing? She said, I just want to make sure you're still breathing. <laughs> hey, <laughs> thanks. Uh, but, you, know. you just casually admitted that uh, 200, 200 issues of your comic collection, if you ever sell them, they contain COVID inside. <laughs> they do. Surprise. Surprise. Just straight CGC them. Paper and... <laughs> And it's just plastic sleeves. When you closed it, it, it got sealed. It got hermetically sealed when you put the plastic on top of it. So, yeah, there's just like living COVID in there constantly. <laughs> there's no way for it to be exposed to the elements and die out. So it's just, yeah, 
or it just deteriorates the comics I read. <laughs> you <laughs> no. sell it. All that's left is the cover. <laughs> that would be sick. What are you trying to pull, Frost? <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of comics, this week we saw Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Brad, do you recommend Shazam? You know, um, the trailers did not have me that interested. Like, I like the first one a lot, um, but the trailers just kind of seem like, hey, punchy monster movie. That's cool. That's fine. The DCEU's ending anyway. Who cares? Um, but I was still on board to watch it because I'll, I'll, I'll watch it no matter what. Why not? And I loved it. I thought it was a ton of fun. Um, yeah, the story is not that interesting overall, like the plot. But the characters are uh, like are fun enough. Uh, the situations are fun enough. Um, you know, it's a, just a fun kind of intermediary until uh, we get the uh, the new DC stuff that uh, I, I think we we're, we're wanting. Yeah, actually, I'm on board with you. I think this film is unfairly maligned mm-hmm. um, because when I went and watched it, um, and uh, you know, I took Kellen because I showed Kellen the first one a couple months ago and he loved it. Um, and so we went and saw this one and you're right. It's um, the story is a nice continuation because you don't have to establish who Billy Batson is anymore, which I mean, I guess it loses some of its heart in that way, but I would also argue that it actually gains some heart. Um, when we get to spoilers, I'll talk about it, but you're right. I had a lot of fun and uh I love the scene where he was talking to Helen Mirren at the uh, like cheesecake restaurant. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was great. Um, I think it's just a fun movie. And I agree with uh, Rachel Ziegler. It's okay to go see a movie and just have fun. And that's what I thought I got out of this film. We will annihilate everything. Champions of this realm can do nothing to stop us. You are very menacing. I just want you to know that. A lot has changed in the last few years. The wizard gave me superpowers. And then everybody got superpowers. Started from the bottom, now we're here. All right, here's the situation. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. The daughters of Atlas are coming to hunt us. Children stole the power of the gods. You ripped it from our father's core. Okay, I feel like maybe I should be writing all this down. Give us the powers, child. Your world will not survive this. You want these powers? Come get them. Hey, Khaleesi! We have one job to do. Save the world. I don't know how we fight powers like this. I can't do this. Take my powers back. You gave them to me so you would take them back, right? I spent millennia searching for a worthy champion. You know exactly what must be done. Billy, what are you 
doing? I have to do this. We end this now. Yeah, we do. Started from the bottom, now we're here. Started from the bottom, now the whole team here. So now I remember I was going to say, cool. Uh, Yeah. So immediately with the second movie, you're not going to have that like level of discovery you had with the first one, like that charm of just finding out Shazam and his, like what his powers are like, that's not going to be accessible in the second one. Cause correct. Like there's no reason to touch on it again, just move on. Um, So yeah, I think that's like, you know, this movie's not like a full home run for me. Cause yeah, it, it doesn't have that sense of discovery, but um, you know, with the plot being what it is, which go ahead and describe, I guess. Uh, yeah. So in this one, uh, if you remember at the end of Shazam, uh, Billy gives everybody in his family the powers or all the, uh, foster kids, the power of Shazam as well. So they each have their own power. And this one is just a continuation of them learning to be heroes and work together as the team and not be selfish. And, uh, so Freddie, who I think the kid who plays Freddie is awesome. I think it was really smart for them to focus more on him this, uh, go around and put you in his shoes, because I think it says something where he has a disability and he's given these superpowers and he thinks that that's what makes him who he is. Yeah. And yeah. Through- he's the one who could be the most tempted to exploit them. Exactly. And I mean, you, you understand why, because not only is he a foster kid and I, I can't remember, he says something about it in the first film um, to Billy about, you know, no one cares about him because he's just a cripple. And now that he has these powers, he's already been kind of funny. Um, and this one, you follow him to school and he meets uh, Anne and she is a new student and he hits it off with her because these bullies are picking on her and he stands up to them and they kind of have this cute chemistry and he shows her where he sat down and had lunch with Superman and Shazam in the last film. Um, and so it goes from there. You learn that um, the daughters of Atlas are after the staff again, because um, I'm not sure on that part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a lot of, uh, yeah, they, do they call, want this. They they do a callback to the state fair where, um, you know, famously after he gave everyone the powers, uh, Shazam broke it in half and then just tossed it aside, <laughs> yeah. but never bothered to pick really it back funny up too. Where he's like, I just left it there. So it literally like went in the sewers or something. Yeah. I got collected in the trash and then found and then shipped overseas to like a, you know, European museum. But they also mentioned that the moment he severed it, it unleashed um, like the daughters of Atlas who were trapped in some like phantom zone realm or something. Yeah. Like um, they, they uh, yeah, basically they're in this ancient Greek kind of, yeah. Phantom zone or nether realm. Yeah. And by Which, the, him breaking the staff, allowed them to get free and they want to just go home basically is what um, one of them wants to do. 
well, two of them, and then Lucy Liu's character, uh, Calypso, she has other ideas, <laughs> and uh, she's kind of a loose cannon in their scheme of things. Anyways, uh, yeah, I'm still confused about the scheme because, yeah, yeah, they make a big deal about getting the scepter and then, uh, you know, declaring that they want to take back all the Shazam powers uh, yeah, for themselves. Them. I, but yeah. turns out that was really a ruse for this golden apple that is hinted at in I. One of my, uh, some of my new favorite characters in the DC universe are Steve the Pen and yep. uh, the Flaming <laughs> Violin. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So even though they've been mapping that like door world outside the layer, um, who is it? I think it's Eugene. It's like, oh, by the way, there's like this Harry Potter land uh, behind <laughs> yeah. these statues where they can learn all this knowledge and stuff. And so there's like this, there's this uh, sentient pen they named named Steve, and he just uh will write down everything that they say for them. Yeah, um, it was, uh, that was actually one of my favorite moments too. Is when Helen Mirren's character was reading the letter. Yeah. Hey, that sounds pretty cool. Like really awesome. And <laughs> don't, don't write that. <laughs> yeah. Leave that part out. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah, but... some of the gags. Yeah. They're so funny and like so childish and as it should be. It's yeah. Kids superhero movie. Yeah. So, I mean, really that's the point of it. They, um, Oh yeah. They the, end up... the apple is going to be used to, uh, like if you drop it in, in a, in a planet, it'll grow the tree of life and then turn that planet into like, I guess their world. Yeah. Which unleashes mythical creatures like, uh, Minotaurs, Cyclops, uh, Griffins. And, yeah. And they were going to use it um, on their own world until Calypso decided, Hey, should we, should we should just get revenge and use it on their world. Yeah, yeah. And she's kind of on an Island by herself, but she also proves to be like the strongest one of them. Uh, and summons that dragon and, um, Kellen, laugh so hard about the unicorn part (laughs) this is is the second movie i've seen a unicorn stab somebody um uh uh, no well including uh cabin in the woods oh yeah okay yeah (laughs) well it's funny because that little girl she's riding the unicorn and she says taste the rainbow motherfucker (laughs) it like cuts and kellen could not stop laughing because they gave enough of fucker for him to know that that's what the it was going to be mm-hmm. um, without her saying it. And um, yeah, yep. it's funny. And for it to the nectar of the gods to be Skittles. It's pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> I know. I, I see so many people complaining like, oh, such stupid product placement. I'm like, it was it was like a minute of the movie. Like, come on. Yeah, but also it fits. Um, it, to me, it fits what's going on. Yeah. Um, cause what else would like a little girl, you know, think of that's really sweet and tastes good and unicorns? I, I, I'd argue Skittles. Yeah. Like what were what they going to do to go get actual ambrosia? Like <laughs> yeah. get ambrosia um, salad? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't, you know, I don't understand the dislike of the film. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I you know, the, the bridge scene where they're saving everybody was really fun and you know when Shazam grabs that lady he says no way you're listening to the song while I'm saving you <laughs> <laughs> yeah no no <laughs> Which is, I need a hero um and Freddy's like oh this is so tough and <laughs> not really like <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like he's struggling to hold the cars but he's he, he's yeah just have to yeah like um, it, to me it feels like if kids got superpowers what they would do 
Totally. They would be irresponsible with them. Um, imperfect. Imperfect. Not strategic. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's a lot like uh, early Spider-Mans to me, where he doesn't have everything figured out. Just like, you know, Shazam, he doesn't have everything figured out. And when you add in the fact that there's, you know, other kids involved, you know, they don't as don't either. Yeah. Um, I loved how they've tricked out the lair with like their own like silly stuff. <laughs> yeah. I love the googly eyes on the like the demons from the last movie. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some of the, some of the thrones have like those uh like seat beads that like yeah. <laughs> taxi drivers. <laughs> yeah. Or they're uh, using uh. Uh, Microsoft PowerPoint to yeah. <laughs> go over their plan. Um, it's just like, to me, it's what I expect, like I said, kids to do. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah the flaming violin. It's just like this distraction in the corner yeah. all the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I, I love the callback when, um, you know, uh, Calypso's trying to kill Anna and Freddie and <laughs> they just randomly put in there. <laughs> it just drags her long enough for them to. Uh, uh, yeah. Good but stuff. Yeah, initially, it just felt like a throwaway joke in the lair, but yeah, that actually came back later. It was amazing. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Literally, when they're about to be like eaten by the dragon, Shazam just says, like, hey, look over there to distract her, and he gets the scepter. <laughs> yeah. He even says, I can't believe that worked twice. <laughs> I didn't even have the violin this time. No, it was uh. awesome. <laughs> It was just fun. Like I, and I, I mentioned earlier, I loved, um, you know, I just love the reveal of Anna and she really isn't, you know, down with what they're doing. And when, uh, Rosa tells Billy that she's proud of him and that she's not going to get rid of him just because he's worried about the financial burden of being a foster kid to the family is. And, I mean, to me, that's the heart of the movie. It's a family movie, and it's about being part of a family. So, yeah. And, and even Cooper Andrews, who you know, I did a great panel with. I loved his bit where he says, "Do you guys have another plan? Because I don't know how many more Minotaurs I can hit in the battle van." <laughs> it's called the battle van now. <laughs> Making this up as I go along. Um, <laughs> yeah. The really sad part, though, is uh, Freddie's teacher, Diedrich Bader. Oh um, yeah. It's like I totally thought someone was someone was going to save him, but no, he nope. turned into ground meat. Poor guy. Yeah, you literally hear him like splat. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I think you should see it. I, I I don't understand the discourse towards it. I think it's pretty fun. I just think there's uh, just a segment of fans who are just getting too serious about movies like this. Like everything needs to be. A, have weight or continuity to it. And it's just, it's, it's getting exhausting. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, they did. I mean, um, one, there's a great cameo by wonder woman. Yeah. Which I, I thought was cool because they set it up like the first Shazam where they didn't show, uh, Superman's face. And in this one, he's daydreaming with having a date with wonder woman by the Eiffel tower. And that she comes back and, um, you know, I forgot how iconic her uh, theme music is. And just hearing that theme music and her showing up and it's cool. And at the end with Harcourt and I forget the other guy's name from John Economist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just like complaining and uh, when he gets there and she says, I want you to join the justice. Yes. 
<laughs> Even I was like, I think they mean society, dude. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that the one for Wonder Woman? You're a little obsessed with Wonder Woman. <laughs> You're not? <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. Although I don't know uh, why uh, Shazam's like on some abandoned roadside gas station still like tinkering with his powers. Yeah, why not? It feels like a cutscene for the last movie, as it, it should have been. <laughs> but and then they had another uh, tag scene with uh, that worm thing and Mark Strong's character. Yeah, Doctor Savannah. It, yeah, and it it's just like a silly throwaway. He's like, "But I'll be right back." <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because the last movie had that cutscene and it was teased mm-hmm. as like, you know, what's going to happen next, and nothing ever became of it, and so they've done it twice now. And this one definitely alludes to there will nothing like nothing will ever be <laughs> happen with yeah. this. I'm a worm. It takes me years to crawl anywhere <laughs> yeah. to achieve my plans. Yep. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't think Mark Strong's coming back for any full movies. It's going to be cut scenes for, with the worm from here on out. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just fun. I, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Like I said, I just had fun at the movies and that's the most important thing, right? Yeah. Cool. So I I teased it a little bit at the top of the show, Brad. I'm going to change it up because last week we had a conversation and it makes me really interested. And this is going to be deep. Are you ready? Sorry, I was just thinking about how for a second uh, the uh, staff broke and and released all the uh, Thoughts of Atlas. And for some reason, he can just break in half again. Anyway, go on. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I guess you could. Um, anyways, Sorry. I guess not last week. The last show I was on, was it last week? I can't remember now. Yeah, Ghost Space Station Manhattan. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Um, and we talked about um, how you aren't a big fan of, you know, King Kong 1933 and oh my God. how you um, view film. So I did a deep dive, Brad. Mm-hmm. I went through your letterbox. Okay. And I'm, I'm just curious because, um, as I go through it, I, I just, I, I just want to understand, uh, not necessarily about that film, but how you view film as whole because, um, you have a very eclectic taste in movies you like. So you just um, create a segment to shame me publicly. Is that what this I'm is not, about? No, I'm not shaming you. I'm not making fun of you. Okay. <laughs> I just want to talk about it. Okay. I think it's fascinating because don't we talk about uh, movies we love and stuff? I wasn't sure. You, the way you were talking, it sounded like you're, you're going to like embarrass me in front of all the listeners. No, no, like I was, like I was a hypocrite or something. No, no. I think uh, one of my favorite things about movies is their interpretive art. So everybody has their own idea of what they enjoy in film. So as I just go through, your letterbox it's not that i'm gonna pick movies that you rated low that should be high no i want to understand what you look for in film and why certain films speak to you more than other films okay interesting Uh, you sure you want me to uh do this on covid brain (laughs) yeah i don't care all right my show um just because as i as i go through your list um you know, you don't you don't rate very many films with five stars. That's like uh you reserve five stars for, for what? For stuff that's special, like 
you just hand out the Oscar to everybody, right? Yeah, no, I know I get it. Um, I'm just trying to gauge uh, why you think certain what makes a film special. Um, okay, and so I mean, you don't have a choice. So I'm, I, I was just digging into your stuff, and um, because you like films that uh, a lot of people maybe won't think that highly of uh something like uh super mario brothers the the original masterpiece yes go on Uh, (laughs) so i'm just i'm just curious what you see in a film like that that um, makes it so revered in your mind um like the production design impressed me when i was with that movie i was probably 12 when that came out um and i wanted to go see it in the theater and couldn't for like the longest time and i think like bef- like right before we went out of theaters i think uh i got to go to like the union union six or something to see it um you know i was a big mario fan and i didn't care that it looked completely different from the games i grew up in the 90s ryan where they mm-hmm. didn't have cgi to make exact uh interpretations <laughs> of the things i liked <laughs> um you know they uh they they used animatronic suits to create ninja turtles instead of cgi back then so uh uh, I, I I was on board with interpreting uh, the Mario world in that movie. It is is this this is how it is? You just have to accept it. Um, and uh, I, I think, as an abstract uh, interpretation of that game, uh, given the resources they had at the time, I I I'm, I'm impressed. Like that's I that's I think it's the way to do it. Ninety three or ninety two, I guess they probably filmed it. Um, I don't know. It's I. I, I appreciate creativity and ingenuity. What can I say? And that's a, and it's a film that you still hold in reverence to this day, even with, uh, when you go back and look at it. Yeah, it's fun. And also like now that I know, um, all the trouble they had making that movie, uh, in the mm-hmm. face of diversity, they still got it done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, and then, also, I noticed there's some films that you don't rate. Is there a reason why you don't rate them or you just forget? Those might just be I forgot. Um, occasionally, I'll flip through and realize, like, oh, this doesn't have a rating. That's weird. Um, <laughs> gotcha. Because usually I only give the ratings when I watch, like, when I watch them in the diary, which we've already mm-hmm. had a discussion about how you didn't understand as a diary function. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the ones that are on there that don't have a rating were just, like, me adding them to lists. Gotcha. I, I thought it. maybe you didn't want to hurt people's feelings or something. <laughs> no, no, no I, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> um, if, if Spielberg then, ever gives me a call and says like, Hey, what the hell? <laughs> then I might, but right now, no, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not worried about that happening. You know, Brad, I was going to hang out with you, but then I saw you didn't rate <laughs> 1941. So fuck you. <laughs> I've seen it. I swear. It's fine. <laughs> uh, and then there's, because, like I said, I, I'm just curious as I go through it. Um, it seems like the three star is your most commonly used one. Is that for a film that you don't think is great, but you think is not bad? It's like your average rating. Yeah, I feel like most movies are the same, are average. They accomplish the same things. 
uh, you get the same feeling watching them. Um, they're neither bad nor good. They're just middle of the road. Um, mediocre, you know, mm. they're, they're perfectly pleasant to enjoy, but they don't strive for anything more. Um, they're just there to entertain and that's fine. So what for you, if you see like a middle of the road film, um, like Rebecca, uh, the 2019 one, I think. Um, and then something like, uh, psycho Goreman that you gave a four star to. So you like that one a little more. Is that just back to the creativity of it? Uh, well, psycho Goreman's funny and Rebecca's not. So <laughs> is that, is bonus, a... bonus points for humor. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that's it. It's just the humor is like sets it apart. Yeah, it's also creative. Like it um, homages uh, an era of filmmaking. I like Rebecca is a classy film and it just, it tells a story and that's the end of it for me. Gotcha. Um, has no monsters, right. has no gore effects. Just, just people talking. <laughs> <laughs> is is that something important to you? Like um, that just people talking usually isn't enough for you to um, uh, like highlight a film, if that makes sense. Depends on what they're talking about, because I have clerks, five, uh, clerks, the original clerks rated at five stars. So yeah, there's that. Uh, so what, and when they talk like that, what is um, special about clerks? I mean, I think I know what you're going to say, but I'm just curious. It just, I guess it speaks to my sense of humor. Um, my sensibilities, like it's something I can relate to. Okay. I can't relate to a bunch of wealthy, um, European travelers <laughs> living in black and white. I just, <laughs> <laughs> just, just easier. <laughs> I, I just don't identify with, uh, traveling across the uh, European countryside and, you know, living the high life. It just, it's just not something I'm, uh, <laughs> I can connect with. <laughs> so, uh, so you look for more of films that you can connect with. Um, isn't that everybody though? Uh, I mean, I guess so. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think sometimes I might just be a little more lenient than you just like looking at your stuff. Um, maybe I'm easier to please. I don't know. <laughs> because I mean, a perfect example for me is I just wrote an article of, uh, you know, I'm doing my 150 favorite films and I put Commando in there and you only gave Commando two stars. And to me, when I think of like a silly 80s action movie, that's lots of fun. I mean, that's Commando to me to a T, um, but it didn't resonate with you because you were looking for something more. Yeah. And when I, I was like, I don't know what else he could be looking for in that. No, it's fun. It's just like the uh, the plot just isn't that interesting you know yeah mm -hmm. granted it's probably not supposed to be in that movie but um you know i i really only watch it for schwarzenegger and what one-liners and silliness yeah um, so that's what elevates it <laughs> yeah and two's not a terrible score either like if you find me score a movie like no stars or half star be worried <laughs> <laughs> okay that's, duly noted that's a whole like i that's where i feel like i actually did waste my time gotcha Two's like um, it was watchable, but it's just not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna rush out and see it again. So on I purpose. mean, one's a 
surprising thing to me is uh, you're not a, a fan of the original Mad Max. No. Um, and, but you do like one of your favorite films I know is Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Um, and the best of the Mad Max films. Yes. No, oh, I don't disagree. <laughs> I, um, and it, and I guess cause now I'm starting to understand where Mad Max is more of like driving and nothing that creative, but Fury Road has a lot more, um, production design. Um, I think it's a more interesting story. I think that visually it's more interesting. Um, and also I think I saw Road Warrior before I saw Mad Max and those mm -hmm. are two different movies. Oh, I agree. Totally. So if you watch Road Warrior and then watch Mad Max, which is more of a drama than an action movie. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty disappointing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense too. Um, Yeah, I, I just I was really fascinated as I just went through your list because we we were talking about it, um, you know, la uh, last week. And go ahead. No, I'm just I'm just so surprised. I'm so surprised you're fascinated by this because I could say the same thing about you. Um, oh, and, for sure. Yeah, or anybody really. Like it's just, I, and that's why I just I mean that's why I want to have the discussion because you know we talk about movies all the time and. I always am fascinated why uh, some movies connect with people and others don't. Um, you know, for me, I think the original Halloween is, you know, a freaking classic, but you are not a fan of the original Halloween. Yeah. I respect his place in history, but yeah, I don't, it doesn't do anything for me when I watch it. Like uh, for other people, like I'd rather watch a Friday the 13th or something. Yeah. And then like, it just, because we just talked about commando and um, you know, it's really silly and the plot isn't really anything, but you also think street fighter is a better film and it's just really quirky. And that's why yeah. I, I, I like your, I like your list because I, I try to um, put my finger on uh, what I think you would like. And I don't think I ever could. I mean, street fighter, like, first of all, you got Van Damme, always fun to watch uh even if it's not faithful to that character um <laughs> and then just imagine being the filmmakers back then being like how do we adapt these crazy characters um you know the street fighter games in real life those the like character designs are implausible physically <laughs> implausible for the <laughs> most part um without cgi so uh yeah they were like well we have to make the movie how are we going to do it like it's it's going to get done <laughs> Yeah, you know, I will we're, say after we're not gonna I hit 100%, watched, huh? uh, after I watched the the making of Street Fighter, I had so much more respect for the film. I still think it's a horrible movie, but when I watched it, so I watched it and I was like, "Oh man, I don't like this movie." <laughs> and then I watched the making of it, and then I went back and I watched it with the commentary, and I had a whole new respect for that movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this I mean, guy stood no fucking chance making this film. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, he wrote Die Hard, so, uh, not a bad yeah, choice. You, no. Um, but yeah, you got Raul Julia chewing the scenery, like doing epic villain stuff and also dying. <laughs> yeah. Well, in, yeah. During I mean, that movie. When they talk about how he rallied and stuff, I literally the, the tears were like welling up. I'm like, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> yeah. You know, they talk about in the making of that that he could barely stand in between takes. 
But as soon as they called him to set, he was ready to freaking rock. <laughs> yep. Total pro. Mad respect um, for that guy. So tons of respect, but I, I still think the movie's garbage. But <laughs> I do appreciate the making of it uh a little more. And yeah, like I said, I just think it's really fascinating what you know connects with people. Um and I, I think sometimes uh you're more forgiving to things that you love. Uh, I mean, I know I am. I, I think most people are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause uh, Bruce Campbell is one of my favorites and a lot of his movies, I would not say are great, but I'm able to look past that because I go, Oh, this one, he fights, um, you know, <laughs> aliens and it's a sci-fi channel movie, but you know, he says a couple one liners <laughs> and <laughs> I can watch this. I just recently watched Congo. I was like, I was so sad when he showed up and then, yeah, that was the beginning of the movie. <laughs> I know he dies like 10 minutes in yeah, <laughs> and, and then the rest of the movie is not good. Um, but it's, how it's great would have been if he'd stayed there. <laughs> Bruce Campbell's in this movie. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so are you excited for the new super Mario brothers movie then? Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> I'm just worried that, you know, am I the audience they're after at this point? Is it going to have humor that is accessible to me? Like the sure. original Mario brothers movie, or is it going to be <laughs> just a, a bunch of TikTok uh references and uh modern pop song references, you know, it's a lot yeah, of what I loved. Have you seen that people are like, wow, Chris Pratt's really good in it. I did see that. I was, <laughs> I was laughing so hard. Was, yeah. Because we live in a culture and this goes back to the Shazam thing. And, um, I, and this sounds like an attack against Corinne and it totally is. <laughs> um, she like just hates movies. Like she hates them. She'll see a trailer. like, I'm not gonna see that. That looks stupid because I don't want to see it. And, you know, we have this mantra that we should see every film and give it a chance. And, um, so I think judging movies before they come out, is really bad. And just like, I think this is what happened with Shazam this week because people already had their mind made up that, well, the DCU is going to no longer exist. So why the hell am I going to see this? And I think the Snyder fans are really toxic online, like super toxic. Yeah. No um, kidding. And to, and to be fair, when I was in my early twenties, I was much more opinionated and snob snobby about film. Um, you were, and I had, less of a budget allocated to just seeing a movie every week. So I was a little more sure. particular about what I chose to watch. Sure. Um, now after, you know, years of doing this podcast, I have allocated a budget to where I can see whatever I want when I want. Uh, yeah. Corinne doesn't quite have that access yet. Uh, she still, you know, sees a movie to, you know, spends the money on stuff she wants to spend the money on. So I can't fault her for being like, you know, I don't want to see this because, you know, it's actually going to cost me to see it. Well, so. she does have a, a Regal subscription, if I remember. So, right. Um, <laughs> I'm just really not going to ever let her off that, like, off the hill of not seeing Toy Story four, um, because she has like this weird thing that it did, doesn't need to exist. Well, and, yeah. Plus, it's on Disney Plus now, and uh, def she's definitely pay paying for that to watch Mandalorian. So, there's no reason why you can't just slip over to Toy Story four when it's over. I know that's what I'm saying, and like. <laughs> She puts on there, she said, uh, unfollow me if you don't want any 
like spoilers or don't spoil stuff. Like you do not have to do that. I took you up the challenge. That person. <laughs> I took up the challenge and I did. <laughs> I let her know too. She's like, that's fine. It's like, yeah, <laughs> you're right. You don't have it's, to spoil things. It's not your Corinne. job to curate your feed for me. So I will, I will peace out on my own. Yeah. Um, and she's not here, so she can't defend herself. She sent me this message. Uh, last week, as I said, you know, I'm just seeing if anybody listens. <laughs> she sent me this, I do listen with this, like, pissed off emoji. <laughs> 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 just checking. <laughs> but I still think you should give every movie a chance. And um, you never know what will, you know, y- what you'll like. And I, I think uh, going- that, is a, that is a pet peeve of mine when people complain, like, um, I wasted my time watching this movie. Like really, your your time was that valuable. Like maybe if you're a <laughs> heart surgeon, maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I feel like even movies that I watch and don't enjoy, like it, it, yeah. I learned something from that experience. I wouldn't and like you, demand my money back for it. You know, honestly, too, sometimes because uh, I mean, you can go back and listen. I wasn't the biggest fan of Psycho Goreman when it came out, not mm-hmm. at all, and. Uh, hearing how you liked it, and then uh, you told talked about the Blu-ray. I says, you know what? I'm going to get the Blu-ray because there's so many special features, and I'm going to give this another chance. And I think I came into it the second time with a better frame of mind of what I was expecting, and I had a lot more fun with it. Um, and I think yeah. too, yeah, I think you're right. You know, um, I have a friend who always he's a big horror movie guy. And he always sends me random horror films to watch, and they're not always the greatest, but I'll always check them out because why not? You know, um, and yeah, I, I agree, and I, I really do try to enjoy everything. And um, who's that? Who's that guy that made a like House of the Dead and Postal? Yui Bowl. Yui Bowl. Yeah. See, if I hadn't watched uh, a couple of his films, I would never have known to never watch any of them ever again. <laughs> <laughs> remember when we paid money to see house of the dead i do i think i saw that ticket in my ticket binder i always remember too that i saw a Catwoman with halle berry because it came with a free ticket when you bought <laughs> batman the animated series on dvd and you know and what how- it's been almost 20 years i kind of want to watch it again dude i think the same thing too <laughs> when i'm on hbo max I'm like i should watch this because hbo max is notorious for taking things off streaming yeah. service so i think maybe uh sometime this year we need to have a uh oh, house of should. the dead revisiting party or something and, we should uh, see if uh our tastes have changed about it we should i you know i gotta take corinne up on this offer she's wants to show me dragon ball z superhero super super superhero i forget what it's called but i i told her i would do it because i can't be a hypocrite and not watch it because um, I watched Belle, her favorite movie from last year, and she she came and picked it up, and she said, "Well, quick synopsis. What did you think?" And I said, "It's a movie." <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> the animation was great in it. I will give it that. Um, but I, I promise that Corinne that I will watch Dragon Ball Z Super Superhero because you never know. Maybe I'll really like it. And it'll be really fun. I don't know. I just hope I can understand it. If it's just dudes running around and punching each other and fucking shit up, I'm like, all right, I can get a board on that. 
I mean, it's Dragon Ball. It probably is. They're probably just sta- standing across from each other, yelling at each other. Um, and then uh, they'll cliffhanger into a fight. I love it. Love it. Like every Dragon so, yeah. Ball thing I've ever watched. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, hey, Brad, thanks for uh, indulging me. I was just curious because after we talked last week, I was, I was like, man, I wonder what he, well, I mean, I know what you like, but I wanted to go through, do a deep dive into your stuff and um, really kind of unpack it. Yeah, there's not a lot to unpack. I mean, I think you were looking for a story of like, yeah, this thing happened in my life personally and and that affected me to make, like want to watch these things. And uh, yeah, other than like I grew up isolated and alone, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I was hoping that you were out one day walking in Golden and you found a mushroom just like, connected to something and you ate it and it made you jump really far. But I mean, you didn't have that happen. So no, it did not. <laughs> Unfortunately, freaking golden man. Yep. Have you driven through golden lately? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Like there's a huge apartment complex being built off of old golden road. It's yeah. Anyways, we talk about movies and, um, thanks for indulging me, Brad. Yeah, no problem. Is, is there, there anything discussion? Anything else you want to say? Uh, are we, we're not doing what we've been watching. Uh, we can if you want. I don't care. Not doing uh, uh, even though I was sick and at home like all week, I, I mostly uh, did not watch any new movies. Um, I actually finished my SNL uh, wa- watch, so that's about Damn. it. So I've watched all forty-eight seasons of Saturday Night Live. Okay, so then I have the question: What do you think was the best? era of saturday night live or the best season if you can narrow it down that much i don't know i can't narrow it down to season because it's just too unwieldy like there's just too much talent too much great yeah. stuff i literally just for the podcast watched re- i guess rewatched the uh 40th anniversary special they had 10 years ago mm-hmm. um which is, is a fantastic like look back clip show um while also being live um and it's just like you just it was even hard for them to contain that much content in a two hour show. Oh um, yeah. Like every clip is just a couple seconds because how could you dedicate? And even like, even the, the, the famously bad years um, after Lauren left briefly, um, there's some, something to appreciate about those years, like especially Eddie Murphy, you know? Um, yeah. So it's like, my biggest takeaway is that it's, like people complain, like, oh, it's, it's just not as great as those for first five years. Um, I will say that the show has always been a hit or miss show. Every episode, mm-hmm. like those first five years have their clunkers in them, episode to episode. Like it's never been like I would challenge anyone to say, hey, pick an episode that was like great from start to finish. I bet you can't do it. Yeah. Um, so but as far as my favorite, um, you know, it's it's not fair, but it's 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 the seasons that I discovered it when I was young. And that's uh, yeah. kind of the transition between the Adam Sandler, Farley, Mike Myers, Dana Carvey era to the Will Ferrell, Sherry O'Terry, Molly Shannon era, you know? Um, I, I agree. I, and I think your first exposure to it is the one you love the most. If yeah. that makes sense. I mean, it's to like, me, the Sandler and Farley and Chris rock and, you know, Mike Myers, um, Phil Hartman. Those oh, are the Phil people Hartman. that yeah. I really loved. And then, yeah, the, the Will Ferrells and the Molly Shannon and the Rachel Dratches are the people I really latched onto. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, I would fall off a little bit. Then I'd come back. Uh, 
my wife watches it all the time and I just can't get into it like I used to. But if I see those older episodes, I go, Oh yeah, man, this is classic. <laughs> yeah. The most recent seasons were uh 28 and 29 that I watched because if you're, if you do Peacock free, it starts at 30. So you have to pay mm. to get the accessible older stuff. So um, when I was doing it for free, I started at 30 and worked my way up to 48. And then when I started paying for Peacock, I went back to one through 20 or one through 29, but yeah, 28, mm. 29, like, I was around in college and like hearing yeah. those sketches, but like actually watching them full episodes back then. Cause again, like those came out when there wasn't like SNL clips on YouTube. Right. So yeah. I was like, man, like I never saw this intro for this, like the intro for the season, like the, the um, title design and all that. And then like, here's yep. a couple cast, me- cast members that I never met before. Um, and I thought I saw Will, Will Forte stuff, but you know, he's like, I think he comes in season 28 or something and he's, you know, a featured player and he's only got a couple bits, but like, I think one of his first things was the Falconer. I was like, oh, I've never seen this, the Falconer before. <laughs> um, but like, I was around that time, but I missed him because it just wasn't, you know, yep. as accessible as it is now. But, um, yeah, it was a fascinating, like watch to go through almost 50 years of television history. And the other cool thing is like, when you watch the weekend updates, you get reintroduced to the scandals and the headlines from, you know, the past 50 years and uh, just oh, yeah. being reminded of like um, all these things that happened, all the stuff that they didn't touch. And you're like, mm-hmm. you're, sit- you're sitting in a season and or an episode that's like, you know, this was April 18th of 1993. And you're just like, well, this was also going on, but they didn't touch on it. That's interesting. Um, yeah. And I mean, to me, um, my favorite weekend update person is Norm MacDonald, <laughs> but I was there right when Kevin Nealon was, working at it and that's why i still love kevin nealon um and there is this great youtube channel that's i think it's called norm forever and all they do is <laughs> they're like my favorite one is norm mcdonald shitting on oj for 20 minutes yeah and it's literally <laughs> just him uh doing oj simpson jokes which end up le- leading to him getting fired but yeah. it's funny and his uh hosting appearance like his monologue is great because he talks about like i was fired for doing those jokes and then a year <laughs> later they asked me to come back and that just means the show must suck <laughs> um it, enough that they want me back <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's fun it's but great I think that you're right all, i was gonna say all the weekend update performers have all brought their own like style to it which is great oh, yeah. like no one's ever tried to just copy the other um yeah because then i love tina fey and amy poehler i love their weekend update um, yeah like and i forgot like uh she and fallon were uh hosting before yeah um at the desk before like i always thought the fey and polar run was longer but it was actually not so no that's another thing of like watching him episode episodes just watching how fleeting some of the like the most iconic favorite stuff really was yeah Oh yeah, um, it's but yeah, it's like after call, after Colin Quinn, like Faye and Polar and uh, Fallon, like like a much needed energy boost for, to that segment is fantastic. Yeah, uh, there is a great app. There's a Saturday Night Live app, and it lets you search, you know, for certain things, and um, you can watch a lot of the their best bits. It's it's one of my favorite apps. Yeah, I've just been using Wikipedia. Like 
there's a episode list and this people have chronicled like certain like hey this person appeared in this episode for this oh, bit cool. and stuff like so as i go along and uh um you know i just pick up certain things like here's where this person left and uh uh you know someone who wasn't a guest star you know showed up for this skit like hey chris Catan left three years ago but he shows up for this like monologue bit you know type things so yeah, I mean, I think there's something to be said that it's a show that's been on as long as we've been alive. <laughs> so, Longer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's ingrained in our psyche. Yeah. And it is, even though I don't watch as much as I used to, it is a nice comfort food to go to every once in a while. Yeah, like, I don't think there's anything... Uh, like, there's nothing less about, like, hey... Like it wasn't a full great episode, but there's parts of it that you do enjoy, yeah. and that now they can clip them out and put them in like their own separate thing on YouTube, um, and revisit them selectively. Um, it's For pretty, sure. it's pretty cool. I agree. I agree. Cool. Yeah, I've been too busy. I've been working so much, but I- I've been showing Kellen a lot of Aqua Teen. I don't know if that makes me a great dad <laughs> or the best dad. <laughs> It's it's a legendary status dad. <laughs> yeah. I, I still haven't seen Plantasm though. I gotta watch Plantasm. Oh yeah, it's great. It's maybe the most cohesive plot they've ever done. <laughs> um, but uh Helen couldn't stop laughing. We watched the one with the uh the caveman who finds uh Frylock's like ball and he he lives for me is now three thousand years old. <laughs> <laughs> he, he comes back and he sells it as like the new video game system. It's so fucking stupid. But uh he laughed at that one and then he laughed at the one where Meatwad sees into the future and he's like, Don't open the trash can <laughs> And then he opens and he's like, I told you boy it was stinky <laughs> <laughs> Did you get that baffler meal set? Uh yes. Nice. Yeah, because uh, the reason I got it, I think I end up paying $75 for it, but buying the, I only, I had seasons like one, two, and six on DVD and buying them separately would cost more, especially the forever and, um, the show show or like the Aqua Teen show. I forget how it goes, but patrol squad. Yeah. Like their, their later, later seasons are really hard to find on DVD and they're really expensive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the packaging isn't the greatest, but, um, cause they're all housed in one big plastic, um, case. Uh, and, um, I was putting a disc in and I dropped it and it didn't break, but the, like some of the flaps came out and I couldn't put them back in, in the order and it was driving me bananas right now. So I got to figure out how to do that. Um. Yeah, I also beat uh, Link's Awakening finally. Oh, nice! I was like, I think it's the first uh, like top-down Zelda game I've ever beaten. But did uh, did you uh, play? Are you talking about the one that's on the Switch? Yeah, uh, oh, I fucking love that. I love that game. I freaking love that game. It was so hard to figure out like what to do next for most of it, and I like yeah. I sat there playing like it's 2023. I'm finally gonna bit finish this game. That's my goal. I'm gonna complete something like in isolation. And then, like, I looked at some information, and I was like, "I bought this in 2019. Oh my god, <laughs> this is a pre-pandemic game. 
Like I felt like I just bought it yesterday. Yeah, I that that's I think it's kind of a tough game too. Like I uh there I spent a lot of hours wandering around the map. Like, what mm-hmm. the fuck do I do? But then yeah. when you figure it out, you feel like a genius. I admit and it's just, I, I totally went to the internet to figure out some things because I was mm-hmm. just like, it's gonna take me forever to figure out because yeah, it's not obvious. There was I forget what clue it was, but I was like, how would anyone ever just like associate these two things without looking it up? <laughs> yeah. I did beat Cuphead this week too. I'm pretty proud of myself for that. I can't even beat like a level of it. You're, you must be a master. No, I'm not. I'm horrible. I watched the speedrunner uh, beat every single like character or boss in 30 minutes. And my PlayStation, because I have it actually on my PlayStation and my Switch. Uh, but on the PlayStation, I was playing it and it said I've played it for 36 hours. So I'm not that good at it. <laughs> um, you do get in a rhythm. It's one of those games that once you start beating a couple of the bosses, you can't take a week off from it. You really gotta like hunker down and play it because there's so much timing involved and there's so much shit going on. Um, in fact, I think the King Dice is harder than the devil in it. And the devil is the last boss. King Dice is like his lackey before that. And he's way harder than the fucking devil. I, I think I, once I figured out the pattern of the devil, I think he, I only died at him like five or six times. Um, but yeah, King Dice, fuck, it took me like two hours. I, I don't know how, like, that's one of the hardest games I've ever played. I, I just gave up. So kudos to you for finishing it. Cause I, I don't think I'll ever go back to it. Like, it looks amazing, but I was so frustrated just trying to oh, beat yeah. it. Very frustrated, but for some reason, even though I got frustrated, I still really enjoyed playing it. And you're right. It's one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. So, yeah. Anyways, that's what I did this week. <laughs> cool. uh, ne- next week, we're seeing John Wick, Chapter 4. Um, that'll be fun. Yeah. Getting uh, um, a lot of good buzz. Oh. Yeah, people seem to like it already. Yep, and then you know, uh, I was looking ahead. I think the first time we can do a film explosion is April twenty fifth, and then we might have to do one two weeks after that because that's the week after Guardians of the Galaxy, where there's not another movie again. Um, yeah, I so we I have think, a choice. It's, uh... I think there's a break before Guardians, then there's Guardians, and then there's another break, and then it's the summer season. <laughs> I confirm. Yes. We got Dungeons and Dragons, Super Mario Bros. movie, maybe Renfield, definitely Evil Dead Rise, and then yeah, Blank, Guardians of the Galaxy, Blank, and then just yep. Fast X, Little Mermaid, Spider Man, Transformers, Strays, The Flash, Elemental, Asteroid City, Indiana Jones, Insidious 5, Impo- Mission Impossible, Oppenheimer, Barbie, Haunted Mansion, Ninja Turtles. Wow. Stacked. Yay, fun. Excited. Yep. Cool. Well, feel bad or bad. Thank you. And everybody else, I'll see you at the movies. Bye. Well, a real nerd knows who shot a real nerd. Can follow the plot of a real nerd. Look at all the gods. Lights, camera, action. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. 
Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6NERDS5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it. <laughs>